Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the TGM podcast. The normal crew's back together this week. We have Ollie again. Hello. Hello, how's it going? Very well. It's Friday, Black Friday. So yes. About that. And Sam's recovered. Oh, well, he's not recovered, but he's he's worked around his internet issues and he's back. Hello. <laughs> Hello, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. It wasn't the same without you last week. Aww. Yeah. Jack was a Jack was a very capable stand-in, but it just wasn't the same. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's quite a few things to go through this week. We're going to start though with the question of the week. Indeed, from Ian Triplo, and he says, "Question for the full crew: If Sam is there, and Sam is here, I am here. Yay. <laughs> How do you all think the year has gone for Xbox and PlayStation? Leave predictions for the end of the year. So this is a very large question which mm. covers a few different topics and i think the first thing we wanted to talk about was e3 do you guys what are your guys opinions on e3 who won the age-old question who won <laughs> who won e3? E3? it's got to be xbox really in terms of presentation because playstations was just bizarre it went all over the place it had four games that we already knew about with extended trailers not really showing anything no dates no anything it was yeah, pretty embarrassing. And, uh, you know, I'm probably slightly biased because I had to get up at two in the morning to cover it. But Yeah, true. Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought the the start of the PlayStation thing was weird, you know, when they're in like a church. Yeah. But then I just assumed, you know, because they, they said they were going to walk through with the experience or something. And I assumed they were going to go into a theatre or something and then just do what they normally do. And the fact it just kept getting weirder from there. <laughs> it just, I don't know, just highlights how strange it was. I don't know. And I suppose Xbox probably had their, probably their best E3 for a few years. I mm. mean, I think they normally do generally pretty well. They had all, all the big hitters coming, like Halo to open it. And yeah. Gears was there and they announced new studios and there was just stuff going on constantly. I thought it was pretty obvious who won. E3 this year, but I suppose the big question is who'll win E3 next year? Well, only oh. PlayStation, will it? <laughs> yeah. What a leading question that is. So, so right. So, I guess you weren't on the podcast when uh, they announced yeah. that they weren't going to be doing E3. So, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it means PS5 is coming in 2020, I think. Um, I think that they will do some kind of event in 2019 to announce it because most consoles. Uh, as far as I can remember, the last few consoles, apart from the Xbox One X, I don't think they were normally announced at the event. Normally, no. like when when the next generation comes on, they do their own thing. So I yeah. think that PlayStation are probably skipping E3 to get everything ready for PS5 announcement and get all those games that we've been waiting for um, ready to be announced for PS5. I think we'll probably see some of the games they've been talking about recently. They will come out on PS4, but I think the vast majority of them will be at least upscaled for PS5, if not dual-released on PS5 as well. So that that's the only reason I think they're skipping it is because they're not not—they're literally not going to have anything to show. They've already said that they, they cancelled PSX because they had nothing to show in those games. And I think that if they aren't able to show those games on a PS5 on the E3 show floor, then they don't want to show them at all. Um, which So I, th- I think they'll be back in 2020 at E3. I don't think this is a permanent thing it's kind of a total opposite of the 360 ps3 generation isn't it when mm. xbox came out really strong and was doing everything right 
and PlayStation just seemed to be floundering. And then towards the end, Xbox kind of ran out of exclusives, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And PlayStation just kept kept them coming, and now it seems to be the complete opposite, doesn't it? Where PlayStation's just like, oh, we give up this gen. We're already that far ahead. We've done really well. Let's just uh, call it a day. And Xbox yeah. is like, no, we still want to keep this generation going. <laughs> <laughs> we have cool stuff coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting as well, because presumably then we'll have, what, we'll have EA... Xbox and Ubisoft and PC Gamer doing conferences, and then that's it. Because Nintendo only do a direct now, um, yeah. So it'd be a bit bit easier for us on the on the news team. <laughs> to be honest, like I I enjoy E three week. It is a lot of work though, and a lot of long hours. So I'm not really too upset about the final one not happening at two a.m. Like you said. But yeah, we we kind of said the same thing, didn't we? Ali, we said it probably means a PS5 is coming. But to me, it's yeah. just why not still do E3 as well? Do you know what I mean? Like, a, is it? It's like they just totally given up. Like, I'm, you know, I don't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've got nothing to. I don't know. I suppose they've got nothing to win by doing it if they've got nothing to show. But they could show. Like, we can't. Xbox isn't going to show Call of Duty and Destiny and stuff like that. So they must be some third-party stuff that they could get up on stage still. Yeah, they didn't really show a lot of third-party stuff at EGX, though. They really focused on their first-party stuff, and most of that's now out. So they had, um, well, I suppose some of it was third-party, so they had Spyro um, and a lot of PSVR games. That was the big thing at EGX, I think. But all of those are coming out now, and I think that, I genuinely think that all they've got left is those four games they showed us this year and they're not going to come out by E3 next year and and they they don't have anything else to show so the you know there wouldn't be anything on the show floor worth worth showing off so must have, I mean it must have been a tough decision for them I can't imagine they pulled out lightly um true but yeah interesting times do you think they'll have any kind of event style or any kind of like media you know, thing in 2019 at all. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I think they will. I think they'll they'll do a PSX, and it won't be. I I don't think it will be in December. I think it'll be earlier. Um, and right. I think they'll they'll do a big. Here's the PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing. That's that's my prediction anyway. I think it it could be. Just after E3, it might be sort of September time. Um, not sure, but that's that's my prediction anyway. It would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Xbox has done pretty well this year with a lot of features, but I suppose the biggest thing for a lot of gamers is the exclusives. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say that PlayStation has been ahead of Xbox this year. So I, I worked out before Xbox has had Sea of Thieves, State of Decay 2, and Forza Horizon 4. Mm-hmm. And I'd argue that while Forza Horizon 4 was probably both critically and commercially successful, Sea of Thieves is very much a Marmite game. Like, obviously, Mark and a lot of people love it, but a lot of people played an hour of it and just didn't get it and it didn't connect with them and they didn't like it. Yep. So that's that's a bit of a, a miss, I suppose. State of Decay 2 was never a AAA game anyway, was it? So I suppose no. it's doing well for what it is, but it's not meant to be a big console seller, is it? Whereas I bought a console for one game on PlayStation, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, and and we also had we had Detroit, which again is a little bit marmite, but it sold very very well. Um, that's another Quantic Dream game, so the people that made Heavy Rain and uh, and Beyond Two Souls. But uh, we also had God of War, which was yeah. is it, still up there for my game of the year at the moment. I haven't decided exactly which, but um, and then obviously Spider Man, and then we've also had 
uh, Astro Bot is the most is the highest rated VR game ever on Metacritic. So that came out a couple of weeks ago. Tetris Effect is also blowing everyone away on VR. So really strong, surprisingly strong year for VR as well. We had Moss earlier in the year as well. So yeah, there's certainly in terms of content, PlayStation, despite some other things that they've done wrong this year, they've they've just kind of churned quietly churned out a lot of uh, a lot of good games. So you can't really argue with that. As a PC gamer, mainly. Ollie, what? Who do you think gets it? <laughs> yeah, well, I was saying this before, and it, for me, it's not really anything but exclusives. Like, obviously, it's not good that PS, like PlayStation, aren't going to be at E3, and you know these other possible controversies, and you know cross-play controversies, and all this stuff. But I don't really actually care about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just want to play a good game. And um, as Sam said, they've been churning out better games not that i've played any of them but they look a lot better and yeah. i've played sea of thieves and i know that's probably worse than god of war so i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm safe in saying that um in so your for opinion, me it's playstation um but there has been yeah like you say there have been other controversies that i don't know sony just seems like it stumbled from one to the next i suppose for the yeah. past <laughs> i don't know maybe six months so there was E3 brought out the big cross-play controversy. So Fortnite went cross-play on Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And you could play that with Xbox people and PC people, but not PlayStation. Mm. Yeah. And and PlayStation had this weird thing where it was kind of locking your account. If you'd linked an Epic account to your PlayStation, that was it. You couldn't link it to another console or anything. You had to set up another account. Which they have reversed now, so I suppose there's that to say. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the situation with is with that now because I know it was a beta that they were trying out with some of that stuff. Uh, but as far as I know, it's still rolling on. So, yeah, it yeah, did th- take, take them a while to even address it, which was, I think, the main issue. I think it's working now, but right. like, so for, for in my example, so my son. Obviously, when we got the PlayStation, the first game he downloaded was Fortnite. <laughs> And because he used the same email address across his, you know, all these accounts, just having the same email address, he didn't ask him to sign up for Epic or anything, just having that email associated with his PSN ID has locked his account out of doing the Xbox stuff on Epic. Mm. So we've got so now we had to set up two accounts for him. And then they're gonna bring out a thing, it was some point this month, I don't think it's come yet, but where you can merge two accounts together. Right. So I mean, that's going to happen, but at the minute, it's still not as seamless as it should be and would have been if Sony had just gone, that's a good idea, like everybody else did, I suppose. Yeah, I think seamlessness is uh, an issue in uh, other parts of changes they've made, like the PlayStation name changes. Like, It's kind of a similar thing in a way. It's just like kind of a bit botched. I guess, well, yeah. I mean, it's again, it's it's this whole you know. First off, we hear about it because it's leaked from some developers that they've been sort of shoehorning into older games, and they're all a bit worried about it. So we didn't get the message properly from PlayStation. This is something that's been asked for for many years, and instead of getting a clear message about it, we got a a, a rumor from a developer that Kotaku found out about, and then they mm-hmm. announced this beta, but they just. They just throw out this terms and conditions piece that says, oh, you might lose all your old saves, your games might stop working, you can change it back, but it might not fix the things that are broken. <laughs> and it just it just sounded like the worst idea in the world. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure those things are in the small print for a lot of services, but the fact that 
that there wasn't a positive, clear message about what was going on and, and the fact that they there were so many things that they couldn't guarantee. It just seems a bit like, why did you bother at this point? Why didn't you... <laughs> You know, so many other things, like you were saying, Dave, they, they seem to have, have gone, you know what, let's just wait for the next generation. Why did they put this in now? It, it almost <laughs> seems like if, you, if, you've, if your PSN ID system is so broken, why not just start with a clean slate in the next one? Yeah, yeah. Or at least, you know, uh, shore it up for the next generation so that it's it's got some kind of uh, central ID so that everything kind of patches up. It just It just seemed like an odd thing of all the things that they could have announced at the end of, towards the end of the year to say oh you can sort of fudge your old name your name across to a new name but it might break everything it's a weird message to go out of 2018 with oh and by the way we're not going to have a show in december but enjoy your rubbish name change is that out in the wild now people are actually doing this it's in beta so it's still in um, beta, i think yeah. and i've heard Has there been a few issues any horror stories um I think, well, I mean, we had some teething problems getting it to work on TT, but I think that actually it's been going pretty well. We had to, we had to scramble to, to make some changes in the back end on our, on our side of things, but that seems to be right. I haven't heard personally any, and this is the thing, this is why it's so frustrating that the messaging was the way it was, is because, as I said, they probably get that kind of stuff in terms and conditions all the time, but because everyone got hold of this. They, it, they put now that in the press panic. release, though, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it was front and centre. Um, so... Yeah it's probably not going to happen that much. And especially because it's probably affecting games that people really aren't playing anymore. I don't know how big the PS3 install base is nowadays, especially people going online, um, but it can't be that big. So it's probably very, very minimal. And the chances of that crossover between someone playing an old PS3 game online and that person wanting to change their name is probably pretty small. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's made a big mess out of, nothing really which is which kind of sums up a lot of a lot of their performance in their messaging <laughs> this year to be honest okay harsh so, words so, indeed so so let's put this down as a pr section i think it's pretty safe to say microsoft has done the better job this year at not in terms of the generation but mm-hmm. yeah this year you'd put pr to microsoft so yeah let's have a look at features then so i know xbox has brought quite a few things out over say the last 18 months or so so obviously game pass seems to be going really well um they seem to be on board with the crossplay thing straight away you know for minecraft and fortnite and all that kind of stuff uh we've got the mouse and keyboard stuff is creeping in now so i think there's three games currently available to insiders to play mm-hmm. and hopefully that kind of expands to some of the the rts's and things that definitely need a mouse and keyboard yeah. we've got a question then, about that if you want, okay. It's, it's from Doctor Mpai, and he says, "With Xbox now supporting keyboard and mouse, are there any games that are made easier to control that you would like to see?" Personally, I'd love to see Lemmings. Wow, <laughs> uh, Lemmings! That takes me back. Yeah, so that's probably not high on their list of priorities, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, what, do you do you absolutely need a keyboard and mouse to play Lemmings? I don't. I don't think you do. I've well, played I think, it since the I can't Mega imagine, Drive or something. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I played it on PC when I was a kid. I can't imagine controlling all those damn little things without a mouse. you got yeah, to be pretty pretty quick. I mean, for me, it would be... I don't know if this is one of the games already, but Cities Skylines I bought on Xbox uh, no, way that, back when it came that, out. And I I had to give up on it because I couldn't, couldn't really work it without... You, that game really needs... They did a good job of trying to put yeah. it on the controller, but it kind of needs a keyboard. It's just all those PC port 
games, like RTS yeah. games. And uh, there was a game we played on stream called Surviving Mars or something, Terraforming oh, yeah. Mars or something. Yeah. Um, basically similar, just top yeah. down, and you'd, you'd need a keyboard and mouse really to play it properly. Yeah, anything like that, like world building type games, management mm. games, where you got a, a an abundance of button clicks and things just to get one thing. I suppose that shooters won't bother me, but anything like that, RTSs that are obviously quite involved, and even stuff like you know um, Star Trek Online and Neverwinter, where there yeah. seems to be a, loads of inventory management and yeah. loads. Of, I mean, I think they've done a pretty decent job of you know mapping however many keyboard keys you've got into a, a limited number of buttons on a controller, but it'd definitely be easy if you could just, you know, F1 key to get your inventory up or whatever. Oh, I know which one would be good. Red Dead. So I stop shooting people I'm trying to talk to because I can't be <laughs> trying to put too many things on the controller. Yeah, there's some crazy inputs you have to do on Red Dead, um, which I just always forget. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a strange one because I think Rockstar games have been fine for that in the past. But I, I guess mm. they've just tried to put too much functionality in. I don't yeah. know. So we've got the adaptive controller, which yeah. I didn't read the full story, but I know it was nominated or it won something at the uh, the Game Awards in London last week. Yeah, um, yeah. Rich, Rich would know more about that <laughs> because he went up yeah. there. But yeah, they did, and it also appeared in Times. I think it was they had they had an issue about the top hundred event inventions of 2018, and it featured in there, yeah. which is a pretty prestigious place to feature. So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a great concept that they've put together, and, and I think it pretty much works on anything. You know, it's not limited to Xbox; it's pretty much open, like anything that you can plug a USB in. You know, PC, even PlayStation, and things like that you can use it with. I'm pretty certain I read, so I think that's a great idea. Mm. I suppose in terms of sort of like features and things like that. Has PlayStation brought anything this year? Uh, they slightly changed their search function on the dash, <laughs> so it was less annoying. <laughs> okay, uh, I can't but, think of anything else. Well, name changes is a feature, isn't it? I guess, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But except it's not out and it's broken. But <laughs> yeah, so so I, I guess it's fair to say features wise and things like that, Xbox is doing a, a decent job, especially now mm-hmm. towards the end of this generation. Mm. Whereas, like you say, it looks like PlayStation is probably winding down and saving some of these things for the PS5. I yeah, I mean, they had obviously they've already got the PSVR, which is still doing well, and and certainly again the the content's coming out for it. But uh, it, it, yeah, after they did the PSVR, I don't think they they probably didn't have a lot of need or time to to focus on a, yet another uh kind of accessory of any kind before the ps5 comes out it's, i think i think they're really preparing to try and take on some of the innovations that xbox have had with mm. the new generation i guess that kind of pretty much sums up the year for the two i mean the only other thing that i think is probably big to speak about is the new studios microsoft having so they're definitely looking to hopefully potentially bridge that gap of the big exclusives and the, I suppose the difference in the quality between the Xbox exclusives and PlayStation exclusives. So he's promising for the next few years for Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They picked up Obsidian, which is my, this is the thing I'm most excited about for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. There was um, these, I don't know where they came from. I mean, the, the obviously the Obsidian rumors were floating around a couple of months before it was announced and it, 
it proved to be correct. And I've seen quite a few rumors circulating this week from similar kind of generally Xbox fanboy type people on Twitter. So (laughs) where they're getting it from, you know, they were doing the same thing for Obsidian. So it could be correct. It could not, but IO Interactive. Uh, Okay. They certainly would need it right now with Hitman basically not selling at all again. So, so I think they basically bought the rights for Hitman, didn't they? Mm. Off square. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they're doing their own sort of like independent thing now. And then I think I'm guessing it's just Warner Brothers are just publishing. They're not like Yeah, it's a one pitch. I think it's a one off. They've they've agreed to publish this particular game. I don't think it's a, a long term partnership. So yeah, I suppose it, it could be. I don't know what IO Interactive Hitman has, I don't know. I mean it makes a lot of sense because I think as I said before, you've had we've had Ninja Theory on the ropes and then Microsoft picked them up. Obsidian have been off on the ropes and Microsoft picked them up. And IO I would imagine. I mean, we haven't heard anything officially, but Hitman has not sold at all. Um, so I can imagine they're on the ropes as well if they're trying to fend for themselves. And they've their their one game that they've been working on hasn't hasn't sold very well. Uh, hopefully, I, you know, that fingers crossed because I I've been really worried that that they might just go under. So I would absolutely love Microsoft to pick them up and and carry on that franchise. In terms, I don't know what they're like on. Uh... I, did, I don't know what the history is like in terms of other games, but IO Interactive Hitman's always been a, a good quality title, hasn't it? Like, it's, yeah, it's not very innovative. Like it's last just, year when they re, or the other year when they rebooted it, it yeah. was a, quite a good idea. Whereas to make a Hitman two so soon off it, I think it's just it's maybe a little bit cerebral. It's a little bit sort of uh, it's almost like a puzzle game. It's not. It, it's somewhere yeah. in between because it's it's got the price tag of like a AAA action adventure, but it's a lot more slow paced and methodical and, and not very story heavy. And I think maybe it sits a bit weirdly for a lot of people and they don't really know when they're going to play it because you have to invest quite a lot of time to get into one of the levels as well. So, Well, while we're on the subject of Hitman, so you've been playing it, haven't you? I think. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So what, right. So what's the deal with the first season stuff being in the second game? Like, are they basically just added more missions to season one and sold it as a new game? Or what's... No, so so they've got a whole range of six new locations with, with missions for Hitman 2. And then with Hitman 1, they've if you have the original game, then you get the original levels upscaled to have Hitman 2's extra features and looking like the the kind of visual look, although that hasn't really changed that much, to be honest. And the the achievements and trophies are exactly the same. The levels are the same. The the requirements are the same. I think it's really to try and get people invested in the whole series and the story so far. They've just kind of dumped Hitman 1 in. But... I mean, the frustrating thing for me is I played the first season on Xbox and I'm playing the second season on PlayStation, <laughs> so I don't get the I don't get it for free. I'd have to pay for the Hitman one as a DLC. Wah. So. Wah. Whoops! <laughs> um, no, me, I'll probably end up doing it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> All right. So I, I guess that we've kind of tied up that yeah in review, I suppose. In terms of games, PlayStation, I suppose. In terms of everything else, Xbox. Xbox I agree with that. that. Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then he's also asked predictions for the end of the year. Well, in terms of what games? Spider-Man will win game of the year everywhere. <laughs> no Xbox games will probably be in there apart from Farza. For Surely Red, Red Dead will win, won't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right, yeah, Red Dead. But I, I suppose Spider-Man will be the highest yeah. exclusive. Yeah. With Farza, I suppose, third. 
Yeah. It's a bit more niche. I'm still debating that myself, whether I'd put Spider-Man or God of War, which one I'd put above the other. They're both pretty high up in my list. I'm going to say God of War's better, but I haven't played either of them. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, yeah I, haven't, I haven't got that worry. Just, I'll just stick to Spider-Man. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for that question, Ian Triplo. We shall get in touch with you on Twitter, give you a choice of codes from the massive sack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> been some other kind of rumours, I suppose, that have been floating around over the last couple of weeks. Um, let's start with this one first. So the Xbox, there's been rumours of a discless Xbox One releasing next year. Mm. Uh, it, seem, this seems to have been met with quite a bit of negativity from people on Twitter, from comments I was seeing people replying. I'm not sure why. <laughs> like, I, I understand that for certain people, having the discs and stuff is, is great. But if I was buying an Xbox One now and I had the choice to not have a disc in, maybe have a bigger memory or something like that, and it was the same price, I'd go for the, the discless version, I think. Yeah, same. They're offering a service th- to trade your physical for digital as well with it, right. aren't they? So yeah. I don't see any way you can lose out from it, really. The only downside they're going to have to fix is when Xbox Live is down, they have this thing where you can't play games at yeah. all. They need to sort that out because that's atrocious how your console pretty much becomes a brick if through no fault of your own. Mm. Yeah, I suppose that is one of the, the possible downsides. I'm sure yeah, that people have valid reasons for wanting to be annoyed by this, but I can't really. <laughs> I, for me, it's just it's just a confusing time to put yet another Xbox One out when they're they're sort of gearing towards Project Scarlet and then with and, and trying to ramp up a bit of hype, and then it's here's another version of that same console that we've yeah. been reiterating on. It's just just an odd time. I mean, the, the concept of it is fine. I, I I'm mostly digital myself anyway. If they paired this with that rental thing that they had so they've got the the fact that you can buy an xbox on where well, you you pay for it over time if they oh, did yeah, you get like, if like they quid a month did that with this and then they added in game pass i think that would be great if you just had a digital box and said you pay you know you pay for the xbox over time plus a game well, pass subscription that would be that would be ideal for me i think the rumor is that it's going to cost under 200 dollars mm. So I suppose that makes it a lot more accessible for quite yeah. a few people. And I don't, I don't think it's really that surprising because I, I can't, I don't think we're going to get in terms of Microsoft's case, like proper generations anymore. I think we're just going to mm. evolve consoles every five, six years or whatever. And they'll kind of keep moving, like knock off the base model. So they like, like the S will become obsolete mm-hmm. and the X will become the base model. Mm. Yeah. And then the Xbox one, Super duper, or whatever, two will become like the highest spec one. I think it's trying to get more people in it, really. That's the aim. Like PC players, you know, get this, it's dead cheap, stick it in your TV. Those games that you buy on your PC will play on here as well because you own them and stuff like that, free play anywhere. Well, I imagine they're still making a loss per console by doing it. I don't really know the. The ins and outs of it. But I, I think that most of these companies make a loss. Per console when they come out, oh, they yeah, definitely have. start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. by the time five years later, yeah. the, the manufacturing costs and everything, tools have been paid for, so that doesn't have to work anymore. Mm. But I, I, can't, I don't understand the 
that people's annoyance. <laughs> yeah, same. It's not like they're saying you have to now have a discless Xbox One. It's just a no. Chance. Again, it's another option. But but that's that's a that's always a classic thing with unfortunately with a, a section of the gaming audience is that you give someone an extra option and everyone says I hate that option and they <laughs> yeah. miss the bit where it's an option. Yeah, but, but, uh, <laughs> like P- you get laptops and PCs now without. Yeah, Do you know CD drives yeah, or DVD yeah. drives or anything. Yeah, it's like I can understand it if you're in like a a country whose internet internet infrastructure is rubbish or something like that. But like mine, you generally mean? in England, <laughs> <laughs> generally speaking, in in England at least, you get pretty good speeds across the board, don't you? Yeah, unless you live out in a farm somewhere. Yeah, there was also some PS5 rumors that were floating around while you weren't appearing on the show, so. Fill us in, Sam. Yeah, so they filed a couple of patents, which you always have to take with a pinch of salt because everyone's always filing patents all the time, although I don't think PlayStation filed that many. But they have filed a patent for a touchscreen controller. So I was having a look at what they submitted for the DualShock 4, and they specifically talk about a touchpad, whereas this new patent is for a touchscreen. So that's got people thinking, are they going for some kind of switchy kind of thing with the next generation i i mean i can't see them doing a you know a tiny little screen or anything like that i think if they're going to put a screen in it's got to be some kind of portable main screen for to play the game on so we could be seeing playstation possibly moving towards some kind of handheld option again especially i mean there's a lot of love for the vita even though it didn't sell i was going to mention that i Everybody think got that tech going in the vita yeah so yeah and that was a bit of a failed experiment commercially but but you know a lot of people playing the switch who have owned a vita kind of kind of talked a lot on twitter about the fact that it's a shame the vita never took off because the switch is almost a uh an upgraded version of this of a similar kind of feel um when you when you're playing so this this could be a strong move by them for sure uh, and it could be a sign that they're they're possibly looking to do multi-console stuff a bit like scarlet has been promising for xbox where maybe they've got a main unit and they might be selling separately a, a mobile unit of some kind uh embedded in the controller who knows exactly what that might be but kind of exciting to think that they might finally be switching up that controller a little bit since the ps1 <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts for it could be it could be you know just replacing that touch patch like a, a similar size like lcd screen where you know, depending on what game, because I, I I was I played games and I had no idea what that button did. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't obvious to me as somebody who hasn't used that before. So you know, maybe it could change and you know show map or some different icons in it or something like that, depending on what game you're playing. Or yeah, I I kind of thought about that, but then I thought about the Wii U, and I thought about how awfully that did and a lot of people <laughs> said it's because you've got this screen that's that's not big enough to play a game on but you're not really you don't it's not as natural as a lot of industry people seem to have thought to to have a map on your controller to to be looking up and down from a no sorry i don't mean like uh do you know like say that the, there was maybe three you could alternate so it could be one button if you on the screen or it could be three but little oh, buttons right. on the screen not like show an actual map but do you no. know it'd say map or this or this or yeah know. true yeah they could make it or like you click the share yeah, button yeah. and it comes up with three options like share to twitter or facebook or twitch or that's true yeah that might actually be quite a good idea so it's a way to to map in like extra virtual buttons basically but depending on the yeah, game sorry that's probably yeah. a, a more sophisticated way of 
<laughs> yeah, that, that that should be quite cool. Yeah, that, that might be an idea. Uh, I'd certainly be up for that. I mean, I, I quite like the trackpad that they've got, but as you say, it's not that obvious and, and I don't think they, they make good use of it, but it's essentially a mouse for for yeah. navigating menus and stuff, which is actually quite handy. But, yeah. but Pretty good we'll idea. See. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing they've talked about is remastering by emulation, which is a very interesting one. So from the description that they gave in the pattern, it's a method by which an artist can upscale the visuals of a previous generation's title on the fly without directly touching the original game's code, simply by repointing the IDs of the game's texture assets. So basically they're talking about creating a suite of assets for a game and then without actually having to go back into the old game, they can repoint what it's referring to on the fly as you're playing. So it's... It's emulating things up to. It's potentially it's emulating things up to 4K, um, without having to to do any work. So it would, if if true, that would be a similar similar kind of shock, I think, to the backwards compatibility that the Xbox One had, because that kind of blew PlayStation away. They basically said we didn't know this was possible that you could just emulate a 360 inside an Xbox <laughs> One, and 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 I think this. Obviously, the fact that it's potentially come out a bit earlier might give time for Xbox to react. But this this could be a very interesting thing. If not only have they cracked an emulator so they can start offering backwards compatibility, but it also instantly upscales everything to HD, if not 4K. That could be uh, could be a big deal. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. If they're able to do that, that seems mm. like next level stuff. All right, so let's move on. Last week. Fallout 76 released. Mm. I think it's fair to say that it hasn't gone especially well. I know we've got a story being prepared on TA about mm. some of the the player numbers compared to Fallout 4. Yeah, Have they just totally misjudged the market at Bethesda or is it an experiment gone <laughs> not particularly well? What, what's going on? I mean, I think from what I can tell from the reviews I've read that there's two things. One is that it doesn't work very well. It's It's got all of the, as a shooter, it's got all of Bethesda's bugginess and jankiness, which when you try and take <laughs> things online, it's a real problem. It's fine. You can get away with it in an RPG that's single player because, you know, people will get around it and, and put up with it. But if, you, if you're trying to play with other people and you've got all that glitching going on, that's that's been a big issue. But I think the main thing is that if you take that away, the fact that the game doesn't have any... NPCs in it and and no no interactivity with this, with a story. I think that Bethesda underestimated how huge a part of Fallout it is to actually meet the NPCs and talk to them and and like get to understand the culture. I mean, it, people were saying they're walking around and the place just feels dead and and they don't see other players and they just they're just looking at dead bodies and listening to audio logs and stuff. It's just it's it's a bizarre thing to ask people to uh, to bother with it almost in a similar way to no man's sky when it first came out everyone's like oh, okay it's it's just a big dead world that i have to wander around in and and that didn't work there either i think so, the, the, yeah. the difficulty with npcs in a multiplayer game is that like the npc for you might say one thing and move like follow you or like move away from their spot or whatever and you can't like maintain the same state for that for every player can you so it's either like you have a static npc who never moves his position or whatever yeah. and he says different things to people or you just decide 
we well they basically got that in there anyway haven't they they've got those terminals which you can talk to which give you quests and stuff so i think people expecting it to be the same as the fallout game when they know it's going to be a multiplayer experience it's kind of like it's not really a surprise that they don't have npcs in the game for me no no i I think that the problem is is that people were wondering what they were going to replace all of that activity and excitement with and they just there's just nothing it's it it's one thing that yeah people shouldn't expect there to be npcs but i think people were expecting yeah there was going to be something to replace all of that yeah all all of the time they spend basically in fall in a fallout game just doing that it's got to be replaced by something and it seems to have only been removed and they've left people with their terrible shooting mechanics so (laughs) that's that's not helped i think (laughs) On TA and TT, we're definitely in a, a kind of a bit of a bubble, aren't we? So, and I know mm. I'd say it's probably the the largest part of our community prefer single player games and that kind of thing. There's always any time a game gets mentioned as going online, you know, you get a lot of negativity around it. I think it might be kind of like another Sea of Thieves kind of scenario where I've seen people who, as soon as the concept was announced and it mentioned online, they were just like, "I'm not interested at all." Yeah. Obviously, reviews are trickling in and they're not stellar in any way but a lot of people who i've spoke to maybe you know like i've been watching channel one quite a bit on mixer and people are kind of talking about playing playing it later or they've been streaming it and people who are playing it seem to some a lot of them seem to really love it yeah i was talking to about that to rich like it's like um sea of thieves in a way that everyone who doesn't like the game stop playing it so everyone that is playing the game is um really positive Apparently. Yeah, I, I'm guessing it, it it won't be happening again. I think they might have realised it's not a great idea and go back to the normal, more traditional thing. But it makes me wonder why they just didn't do like an, an MMO with it, like they did with Elder Scrolls Online. Well, that's what I don't like understand. That. I think they were trying to make a quick buck, to be honest. It's a different studio, though, isn't it, that made Elder Scrolls Online? It, it is, yeah. It's, it's still part of the same overall company, but yeah, it's, it's a slightly different one. But yeah, I mean... it. Fallout, I mean, even going way back to the original Fallouts, they would make a perfect traditional sort of older MMO in the way that they're set up. And and I just think that the investment in building all that, I mean, Elder Scrolls Online must have taken a long time to, to set up all that lore, all of the all of the different locations and stuff. And, and this seems more like, oh, we need we need something to fill out at the end of 2018. And uh let's let's put out a fairly straightforward shooter using the same texture assets and engine that we already had running for for fallout 4 so i i I don't like to be cynical but some of bethesda's moves in the last year last couple of years have been trying to just recoup a bit of cash i think there's been a lot of sort of mobile stuff there's been a lot of uh ports of skyrim to alexa and whatever and um yeah it just it just seems like it that they are maybe just trying to get a lot of cash together to to hopefully to be fair to do some some amazing stuff with starfield and and elder scrolls 6 and elder whatever scrolls 6, so yeah yeah that's what it's all about for me they better not yeah same they better not be yeah. bad <laughs> yeah um, but yeah i i agree it's not it's not very strong showing from bethesda but you've just got to hope that they make it up with the the huge releases that they've that you've just that you've just spoken about i mean yeah i'm I'm definitely not going to be playing fallout 76 but i'm not like as outraged as you see some people that's my i'm kind of in between i, I guess i wonder as well if the price point you know i'm being retailed as like a full price game and people are used to playing 
fallout for 200 hours or whatever and there's this weird little online-y kind of game maybe if it was like a, a mid-price point game or you know released as like a digital only game or something like that it might be a bit better received yeah possibly especially if 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 it is a fairly bare bones just go and mess around with your mates shooting stuff when people have got so many free to play options for that already as well yeah it just i mean if they're playing fortnite already if they're you know if they're, they're playing anything like that what's what's the incentive to bother with this do you think it'll be a game pass edition in like a year's time yeah sure <laughs> i think it would have been anyway to be fair because they seem to have a good relationship with with xbox because xbox was all over the promo for this and we've had fallout 4 going game pass and stuff like that so i think it was always the case but it might go in there a bit quicker seeing as it's already on sale at the moment <laughs> and it's only been out a week yeah that's uh terrible isn't it <laughs> all right speaking of sea of thieves as well we had Somebody on TA actually earned the full 1,000 gamer score this week. So congratulations to Zix. Uh, There's a story on site just uh, running through some of the stats and things that he did. There's a little bit of an interview. Um, He's not a native English speaker. I think he's from Brazil. So Mm. Mark kind of not a normal style interview, but he's kind of taken what he said and kind of worked it out into better English. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's crazy. He reckons he's probably put in around 2,000 hours. Okay. Over eight months since it's come out. <sighs> crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you read it, he was, he's basically a bit of a completionist anyway, and then mm. he kind of tried to see if he's loved it. And then before he knew it, he was kind of, you know, his completionist thing was coming in as well. So he he's kind of gone for it. I, I think it's, it's mental that... A, game that a lot of people have played and is available free to a lot of people through game pass and it's taken this long for somebody to hit the thousand i know we kind of speculated early in the year with like the banana crates and things in a story how long it'd be and it worked out that it's pretty much correct even after they've changed some things to make some of these things appear a bit more well they nerfed the achievement as well didn't they or am i wrong about that they they changed the numbers or I don't think oh, they changed okay. the numbers. I think they just made like that some things appear more oh, yeah, often okay. in game and stuff like that. But yeah, it's absolute madness it is, that yeah. it's taking in two thousand hours ish. Like, there's no unfortunately that's one of the games that doesn't have uh, the time tracking on it. So there's is kind of an estimate, but a lot of dedication. So well done, Zix, on that. Another big achievement this week: Stallion eighty three hit 2 million gamer score. Yeah, it's crazy as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute madness. So, uh, again, we've got a story up that Mark did. He, uh, it was Thanksgiving yesterday in America, so happy belated Thanksgiving. Everybody. <laughs> Obviously, it's a busy time in America, but Mark asked him a few questions, got some answers back about why he chose the achievement each did to hit 2 million and things like that. Interesting read. Crazy achievement, two million gamer score, and I suppose an interesting fact is that it took him pretty much bang on half the time that it took him to get the original million. Yeah, does that say something about the games Xbox are releasing? Well, definitely the idea yeah. of Xbox stuff because back in the three hundred and sixty, it was. I remember when I, whenever a game came out that was like a pretty easy completion my friend feed would just be full of people playing that because there wasn't any easy completions back then. So when you got something that took under an hour, everybody was doing it. Whereas now there's every month is what Mark does a roundup, doesn't he, of easy 
achievement lists from the month and there's always 10 to 15 games on yeah. there. So even without training, you could probably get 15,000 gamer score every month. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I when I joined the site, I mean, I'd been playing Xbox for since it since the 360 came out, and when I joined the site, it was about three or four years ago. I was on, I think, fifteen thousand, and now I'm on two hundred thousand, and I have not really gone out of my way to try try and and push that, apart from when I'm near a milestone. So that's been a ridiculous um, increase, and I think I think that definitely shows in in what Stallion's done in the last few years as well. And plus, as well, the whole ID. Oh, sorry, well, it was XBLA back then mm. on the three hundred and sixty. It started off; it was two hundred gamer yeah. score, then they upped it to four hundred gamer score towards the end. Yeah. So you were getting even some of the easy games. You were getting half the score that you would be now, mm. or less than half the score. Than you, you, so, yeah, ID at Xbox made a massive change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we got two questions, uh, or is it? Oh no, just one question actually, um, from Andrew King. And he says, Stallion83 hit 2 million game score this week. What is each of your greatest achievement, trophy, or gamer score accomplishment? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, we don't play games for the fun of the game on this site. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. It's a difficult one, isn't it? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start mine by TA. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, I suppose some of the Farza ones have been pretty good because you know you like you have to do every race yeah and there's a lot of races so a bit of a grind i won't won't call it they're not especially hard because you just kind of it's more monotonous and people give up because they just can't be bothered with it i don't know my proudest probably titanfall i think okay what is that like because it was all all online it was all online so some of it was a little bit difficult some of it was kind of a bit grindy it was just but it was just a game that i really enjoyed playing and i don't know i had a multiplayer game you know that pulled me in like mainly because of the achievements because i wanted to earn them all so i guess i guess that probably be mine it's always good to have really cool uh, online achievements halo halo 3 had so many cool online achievements like killing killing two people with a spartan laser and stuff and getting like triple yeah, headshot there was some stuff like that there was some cool ones in there like you had to blow up a titan and then as it was like after you got it to low health like it kind of exploded so the pilot in it had to eject and you had to shoot him with like this laser cannon when they ejected and you had to get some so many of them and stuff like that so yeah a lot of it wasn't especially easy or you know yet quite look based because you had to be the person to get that hit mm. and stuff like that so yeah it was a good fun list i suppose that's and it's a it's got a two thousand gamer score five thousand ta so i suppose it's a decent ratio yeah well. not bad it's always nice to have uh, more skill-based achievements. I think I would always choose those over like the grindy ones, even though I have got a couple yeah. of grindy ones. But um, yeah, I would say I don't really have an answer, but all the ones on the original Halo 3, probably that's probably the time in my life that I most wanted to complete like all the achievements in a game because they were really inventive and they required you to like play with your mates and stuff. So it was a good list yeah mine mine's pretty easy and if people have listened to playlists they might know which one i'm going to say but um alien isolation one shot completing the game without dying i uh i i i can i'm really bad with horror games i cannot play them um and we had to rec- it was my first ever podcast it was my first <laughs> ever episode of ta playlist it was about seven hours before we were recording at about three in the morning and i was stuck at the very end of that game having basically been on the verge of a heart attack for the entire run oh. and facing down two of the damn aliens 
right at the end and you have to run you have to make a break for it at the end and i genuinely thought i can't do this i'm gonna have to cancel the podcast i'm gonna let everyone down i'm gonna <laughs> have to quit everything um so yeah breaking through that at like three or four in the morning and and pushing through in the pitch black and, and facing them down was definitely always going to be my uh my wow most proud my proudest achievement it's a it's a 5.1 uh, ratio as well so it's not too bad on that score either but just as a personal thing that, that, <laughs> i i don't know if i'll ever play another horror game but that um, that will always be on my trophy cabinet for sure just out of curiosity if you go to uh my achievements on site you can sort by ratio what is your highest ratio achievement oh, i'm gonna have to look oh, mine are embarrassing uh, oh actually no it's not too bad it's um in city skylines i got have the city survivor crime rate of over forty percent for two years, so you have to mess up your city enough to get the crime rate up, but not destroy the city in the process. So you have to kind of balance it. But I think right, I, suppose okay. I think the re- reason the ratio was so bad is because this is one of the ones that was unobtainable when it came out. Um, so a lot of people abandoned mm-hmm. it. So it's not uh, it's not as impressive, but it is a seven point eight. So. Not too bad. Nice. Um, What's yours? Five point. Not not exactly. Which is technical master, which is an achievement in Oli Oli, which I speak about seemingly every time because it's like the <laughs> only game that I've got achievement in. Um, but yeah, it's basically landing every trick in uh, Oli Oli, which is like a two D skateboarding game, and it's like skate where you have to use the sticks to do tricks. So it's not like mm. oh, you just press every combination of buttons. You have to like make sure you're doing the correct flick with the stick and stuff. It took me a while, um, but yeah. I've got a couple of other fairly like all right ones. I've got three point. There's a three. There's two other three point achievements in that game. So there's a few hard achievements in there. I'm semi proud of of that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my highest ratio, and I don't understand why, because I can't remember it being particularly hard, is a seven point nine eight, and it's work ethic in UFC. Or EA Sports USC 2 and it was for getting an A rank on every skill challenge on every difficulty. I don't remember that being hard. I don't know. What's the ratio? 7.98. Okay. It's pretty high. And then I just, I, I just noticed and I can't believe I forgot about these. Getting five stars on every song on expert difficulty on DJ <laughs> Hero. <laughs> That's so, pretty impressive. I love DJ <laughs> Hero. You got your aero stuff as well. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive for me. I I couldn't do that all that stuff you did for aero did you play yeah, dj hero true. i don't i don't like to talk about aero did you, <laughs> did you play uh, dj hero with the actual setup or with the controller no yeah i had the uh, uh mixing <laughs> nice deck thing <laughs> reminds me i might have to go and play that because I've, I've not finished dj hero 2 there's like a multiplayer achievement that was really slow and grindy that i left but i love that game yeah. i remember <laughs> playing rock band it's just with all like five different people on every instrument it's just ridiculous <laughs> yeah. and fun yeah all right so uh before we move on while we're kind of on the subject of trophies and achievements we've got another question we have from modus operandi who says do you think platinum trophies hold more prestige than gamer school big question <laughs> uh, yeah tasty. this is so interesting because we were chatting about this a bit beforehand dave and i think you might be on the same page as me my my where i come down on with this is that platinums are better for talking about individual games, but gamer score is more impressive sounding when you're talking about your overall yeah. your overall achievement. 
I, I think it's a lot easier to say I got or a lot. Uh, it sounds a lot more dramatic to say I got a platinum in you know some hard game rather than saying I completed it or I got a thousand gamer score. But when you're talking about yeah. overall, you know, saying you've got sixty five tro- sixty five platinums compared to saying I've got you know two hundred thousand gamer score, it just sounds a bit a bit more when you're talking about gamer score. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. It's basically uh, the only answer of, of the question, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> they both got their ups and downs, haven't they? Gamer score is a bigger number, but platinum just sounds cooler. Yeah, I mean, there are some problems with platinum. If you if you go onto the DLC, you're basically not you're not really doing anything visible with the rest of the list. Whereas at least with gamer score, you're kind of you're you're racking up a a few more gamer score for your overall total if you if you dip into the DLC. Kind of, I, th- I think that maybe for trophy hunters, obviously it's a small proportion of the of the audience, but I think they're probably more they're probably less likely to pick up DLC on PlayStation and Xbox um, because they've got their platinum and they're kind of moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It hasn't been a crazy busy week for news. I think everybody's kind of winding down for the end of the year now. Mm. Telltale Games. So a lot of the the old games kind of started getting delisted, which is a shame. But we did get an update from Skybound about The Walking Dead, the final season. They had some kind of difficulties around, you know, securing the rights and stuff. And I think they're hoping to get the old Walking Dead games back up on stores. Fingers crossed. They did say that they managed to get quite a lot of the team members who were making The Walking Dead, the final season on board. Um, And they're hoping to be able to share an update quite soon, you know, with when those last two episodes are coming. Uh, They confirmed that if, you know, like you bought the season pass or something for it, you will still get the next two episodes included with that. So they're not going to make you pay for them again or anything like that. All in all, I think it's probably the best solution. It looks like they've got a lot of the original team members working on it. So the game should hopefully be carry on as it was, you know, in terms of, story and direction and everything like that it's good so to hear at least one's been saved and a lot of jobs in the build-up to christmas as well have been secured for those people mm-hmm. so good yeah. news all around uh, there was a, a weird story this week so i remember this game years ago being a bit of a streaming kind of sensation five nights yeah. at freddy's has been revealed for consoles <laughs> so it just seems like an odd Time to bring it back out because I remember it being even on mobiles and stuff like that. You could play this, yeah. Like basically, the game is just you switching around cameras in like a building, and these like these weird teddy things that come and chase up and move and stuff as you move cameras around. Bit of a weird concept. I remember it was like kind of a one of those jump scare games that a lot of you know streamers would overreact (laughs) a lot to and get the views. Yeah. But yeah, it's coming. It's Xbox One and PS4, so you've got that to look to look forward to, if you want to. It's very strange they're doing it now, isn't it? Very strange. Yeah, just just seems like a nothing game. I think they might have even brought out sequels and stuff on PC, didn't they? And it's definitely several different games. I think I reckon there's like five different five different games. But yeah, you, you couldn't you couldn't like get away from it. It was all over YouTube, all over Twitch a few years back. All right, and the last big one that we actually picked up and exclusively revealed yesterday, we picked up a store listing for a Batman Arkham collection, which seems like a really weird move. So basically, 
they're bundling Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham City, and Batman Arkham Knight into one package. What seems weird and a little bit off to me is the fact that the the store listing shows it as November 27th as releasing. There's been no a, no announcement from Warner Brothers about it yet, so don't know, that might be subject to change. But they've already remastered Arkham Asylum and Arkham City in the Xbox One and put them out, so they're already available. They already did a, an Arkham kind of collection for Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Origins on the Xbox 360, and it just seems like they're kind of milking it, especially considering a lot of them have been on sale for Black Friday in the past week as well, like for a fiver. So I saw quite a few people on Twitter saying, like, I'd literally <laughs> bought two of those three games yesterday. Like, why are they bringing out another one? It just seems like an odd move. Yeah, I think it's pretty standard for Warner Brothers, though. They, they're pretty... I'm sure there's been times in the past where they've put something on a deep discount and then the next week they've announced some definitive edition of it for, like, a couple of quid more. But but people have already bought half of it already. I, I don't know. They've never been the most scrupulous company when it comes to this kind of stuff. And, and maybe uh, maybe the Hitman 2 sales have forced them into a corner where they're like, right, what can we just throw out as a bundle to catch well, people just at Christmas? Well, they with uh, Lego Harry Potter yeah. recently. Yeah. Weird. Um, as well, it did mention on the store page that it will be Xbox One X enhanced. Both of the Xbox One versions of Arkham Asylum and Arkham City are already enhanced, but they're not like 4K or HDR. It's just they're enhanced, so I don't know what the enhancements are. And Arkham Knight was never enhanced, and they can't even pull the PC version because that was atrocious. When I remember how bad the PC version of the game was that they had to delist it for a while, even if not forever. So I don't know if we'll see. It's got to be a good price point now, surely. For games that are what yeah. seven, eight years Some old, are very old. No official announcement, like I say. So we'll wait and see if that is actually coming next week or not. We'll find out. Uh, last bit of stuff to touch on, really, is it's obviously Black Friday today. Mm-hmm. There's deals going up all over the place. The Xbox One sales have been up for a week, and they've been adding some little bits this week with controllers and uh, three months and six months of Xbox Live saving $10, but that's only in America. Boo. I, I, we haven't spoke about this. What, the, what are the PlayStation sales like? How many good? They're ones pretty good. Around? I mean, especially for the crowd listening who perhaps like you, Dave, have got a, got a PlayStation mainly to pick up exclusives. It's a pretty good, pretty good list. It, we've got... Um, Discounts on Spider-Man, God of War, um, Detroit, and a few other bits and pieces as well. So, yeah, I mean, not they're not massive sales, but they're they're pretty much, I would say, equal to what you're getting at retail on Black Friday. So, you can pretty much pick up the digital version um, for about the same price, which is it was fairly unusual. So, God of War, for example, is twenty five quid, which isn't too bad. Um, uh that's that's pretty much i think what game is selling it for as well so so yeah uh, we've got a story up with with the full list of of uh playstation store black friday offers and um also amazon us have got a really good deal on dual shock fours and i think that uh game uk have just put up some some good deals on those as well so you can get a variety of different colors um and it's down to i think it was about 40 dollars down from 
from 70. Um, so for an official controller, that's that's a pretty good deal. They don't often go on sale. Uh, I know a few people have picked that up yeah. already. So yeah, check those out if you've got a PlayStation and you want an extra controller or uh, a couple of the games of the year. Um, you can check that out. Oh, sizzle. Okay, uh, we've got a question as well about... Yeah, Black Ryan Rizzati, he says, since it's almost over, what is a must-pick-up in the Black Friday sale? And as a follow-up, he says, did you pick up anything in the sale? Um, I myself haven't picked up anything, but it's a bit of an indie, but I want to play Enter the Gungeon quite badly. And oh, I yeah, saw that is good. that's half price off, I believe. So I can pick that up for £8. Could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it was almost eight pounds so that's if anything that's probably what i'm going to be buying what about you guys i've picked up i think three games i've not done a lot i got a duke newcomb the anniversary edition thingy just because i know it's like these cheat codes you can put on it it's in a really easy completion so so i got that for cheap uh i picked up horizon zero dawn in that playstation sale nice because I think that was a, I think that was fifteen nice. pound, and I know a lot of people talk uh, highly of it. And I was I was a bit unsure first, so I asked Sam, and he's, he kind of said, "Yeah, it's kind of a Ubisoft style game." <laughs> and then Mark said exactly the same thing, so I was like, "Okay, I know <laughs> I know these play quite a few Ubi games, so I can kind of get that safely." And I can't remember what the other one was. I picked up like an ID game again for an easy completion, but I've not installed it or anything. Fair enough. Yes. So I um. The one thing I picked up uh, was uh, Monster Hunter World, and that was probably a mistake. I played about ten minutes of it, um, but I just it was. How much was that? Uh, I think it was half price on PlayStation, so it was um, a million pounds. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't hugely cheap, to be honest. It's not not something I normally fall for. But it, the reason I bought it was because it was the only game in the Game Awards Game of the Year selection that I hadn't played. I kind of wanted to right. see everything off and and make a informed decision, but uh, it's already gone immediately to the bottom of the pile. So uh, that was unfortunate. I was <laughs> quite hyped about that game when I saw it, and then I'm, yeah. I'm kind of glad I didn't end up playing it, to be honest. Yeah, because it sounds like on paper it sounds like something that I would enjoy, but it's just some of the ways that it's set up in terms of the style of it is still very much in the JRPG kind of realm um so it doesn't quite line up with some of my western rpg <laughs> ways of playing unfortunately so yeah it's it's okay but i, I think it's it's certainly not going to be something i'm going to worry about too much when i've got red dead and everything else um but certainly if i was going to recommend something to people on the playstation side if you've ever been tempted by playstation vr you can currently get it in a whole lot of stores for 180 pounds and you get that with astrobot rescue mission which uh, as I said earlier, is the highest rating VR game ever at the moment on Metacritic. And I played it at EGX and it was really, really good. It's a Mario style kind of platformer, but it does some really, really inventive things with uh, with moving your head around and, and getting the player involved with the action uh, as you go along. So definitely worth a go. And at that price, it's, it's pretty much a steal. And I know that a few a few retailers have thrown in Doom VRFR as well with that. Uh, for the same price so and that's also got very good reviews all around so yeah I, this could be a very good time to pick up psvr because there's been a whole bunch of of really interesting stuff this year um to pick up for yeah, it you can play beat saber as well you Where can and out. that was really good as mm-hmm. well 
yeah, that was that was a blast. I played that at EGX, and uh, yeah, prepare to get frustrated if you try and complete the trophy list, though, because uh, you have to. It, it's it's uh, aero levels of of frustration, but also using move controllers to control it. So it's it's gonna take quite a bit of effort i've seen people playing it and some of it just looks ridiculously difficult i'm not sure yes if it's user designed tracks and stuff or it's just like insanely hard but yeah no i think it's the expert mode because i played that ajax and i must have looked like an idiot <laughs> to everyone who was watching me because i was thrashing about all over the place and missing everything <laughs> i suppose the the recommended thing that i've seen this week is on Microsoft website, the Xbox One X is at its lowest price ever, $100 off. So if you were tempted to upgrade to an X at any point over the past year, definitely worth jumping on that one. And I think the S as well, that's down to like 179 quid a game today. Wow. Which it seems pretty reasonable if you've maybe got the original Xbox One and it's maybe groaning and starting to sound like it's going on its last legs plus you get all the advantage of like it doesn't do 4k but it does hdr and stuff like that so probably worth maybe looking at upgrading if you today if you are going to upgrade yeah so the psvr and the xbox one s toe-to-toe at the same price that's interesting mm. Which one I'd get. <laughs> i was waiting for that to come um okay so i move on to the streams then so we started with one well, the first game was one that was announced at XO18, which is quite cool. Went straight yeah. into Game Pass, which was Thief of Thieves, and it's chapter based or volume based, as they call it. So it was only the first volume, which was like one, basically one mission where you have to steal a motorbike. It was fairly entertaining. You're basically playing a like a rogue, like thief. Basically, you run around and set up. Um, your environment so that you can like talk to different people and disguise yourself and steal stuff from people's houses um and it's like isometric view um and it's got a really weird art style as well not weird but like borderlands-esque cell shaded which i quite liked um but unfortunately for people looking for achievements it's got very strange achievement numbers every achievement's worth 16 is it 18. 18, I think, in it. And then like a random 84 <laughs> or something like it's that. It's like, oh, let's round it up to 1,000. It's just 84. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was a fairly enjoyable game. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the next stuff when they release it. And then we had Long Journey Home, which um, was a, I don't know, if you ever played Kerbal Space Program, it's kind of similar to that. It's, a, it's, it's basically a mixture between Kerbal Space Program and Lunar Land. But... <laughs> Yeah, so you play as a little rocket ship and you have to use the orbit of the planets and stuff to get yourself to different planets and then scan them and then you go into the lunar lander mode and you have to land it and stuff. It's fairly simplistic and I wasn't that blown away by it, to be honest. But um, I'm sure for people who are like, you know, space aficionados, it might be a lot more enjoyable. Um, And then I did Star Trek Online, which is my usual monthly Star Trek romp. Had a bunch of fun killing some Klingons. It's all good. And then I did Stormboy. So we did, yesterday, we did a split stream. The first hour we did Stormboy because we got tipped off that it's such an easy completion. Um, and Dave said to me today that he's done the same thing. So we've both taken advantage of the 20-minute thousand gamer score there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Glad we're done. Um, 
but it seems like quite a cute little game. It's about a boy who bef- befriends a uh, pelican, is it? I think it's a pelican, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got... It's like a half walk. Well, it's like a walking sim kind of thing where you just kind of mm. plod around. But then there's these weird rubbish little mini yeah. games. Like feeding, a f- feeding birds with yeah, fish it's just, or setting a little boat. It's, it's just walk to the next... Like mini game, basically, and then takes like twenty minutes. But um, all good for that. And then we moved on to Scalectric, which is an amazing game, um, game of the year. And in terms of like one button games, it might be the best that we've played. We played three <laughs> three one button games. One of them was Jack and Jill, where you could only jump. Um, this one, where you can only hold down the right trigger. There was one more, but I can't remember. But yeah, don't play Scalectric. That's basically my. I um advice to you. It doesn't it, it never struck me as something that would translate well into a video game in the first place, to be honest. It's yeah, not, I know. It's just, like, it is a one button game in real life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I can't be bothered to set up the electric set, let's just play it on Xbox. I don't really think <laughs> people think that. So this is another one I played last night and finished. It is probably the worst game I think I've played on the Xbox One. It is absolutely <laughs> atrocious. It's got from, let's go from this. So, it's, you like you said, one button game, and then there's no lap counter yeah. on it, so you don't know how many laps you've done. The camera angles are these two camera angles in the in the game, and both of them are absolutely pointless because you can't see what's coming, you know, ahead of you all the time and stuff like that. And then, obviously, if you're going too fast around a corner, mm-hmm. you just fly off. So you constantly you can't really see what's coming ahead. Every time you finish a game, the, the the game, or every time you finish a race, the game locks up. Like you, you have to go into the dashboard, quit the game, and lock. Apparently, it if you up. spam the B button fast enough, it doesn't lock. Which is, I, I kept trying that, and it didn't work. <laughs> like, so, so it's just there's nothing redeeming about the game. It it looks <laughs> crap. It sounds crap. It plays <laughs> crap. It's okay crap we, we did some googling as well and we found out that it it's actually just a complete dupe of another game that came out on switch a few months ago um but that game hasn't got anything to do with scale electric it's just it's called something different i can't remember what it's called but it's like they've basically pitched it to the scale electric company and been like yeah, <laughs> yeah do you want to just slap that. your name on that and see what happens but yeah um <laughs> It's 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 not good unless you want the achievements. Don't play it. That's my advice. Um, so between the uh, the micro machines game and scale Strict, it's not a not been a good time for old British car games. Oh, Although no. mind you, at least we had the Hot Wheels expansion oh. for Forza. That was the only one that worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're trying to cash yeah. in on it. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I hope there's a full Hot Wheels game where you just press A and it drops the car down the ramp and then you don't do anything else. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then rounding up, we played Agents versus Villain, which was all three of us, me, Rich, and Jack. And it's kind of, I don't know what genre of game you call it. It's a, definitely a platformer, but you have to run a gauntlet. So two people are like the agents and one person plays the villain who controls all the traps on the level. And then these two people have to make it through the gauntlet um, without dying and basically it will swap you around so each one of you gets a turn to be the villain and activate all the traps at the right moment it's quite a fun little party game and the achievements come really easy for that one as well we got eight i think actually that stream we did yesterday was probably the most 
game of school we've ever run um, in two hours, which is pretty good going. Um, and that's kind of it. That's all the streams we did this week. So I did a another thousand G last night. I got three thousand games nice. last night, nice. like a boss. So I played Doodle God Crime City. I don't. Have either of you played the Doodle no. God games? Uh, yeah, I have actually. I and played the- um, quite a few on <laughs> on Xbox and on PlayStation actually to get some trophies. <laughs> They're actually They're okay, fun, yeah. I think. Like, so the game works. You have two. Uh, like, so this one, it's all crime related. So you'll have. You'll start off with elements, and you might have like two or three elements. So you might put like crime plus person, and that turns into like a, a criminal. Then you could put like criminal plus building equals like a, a burglary and type, you know, and it kind of progresses like that. And so you end up with all these different elements and stuff. And it, there's a really good, um, list on the, on the Steam store. I think it's called Doodle God Mafia on Steam. And there's a guide on there that just kind of tells you what elements to use. So you can kind of match all them up. And there's like a little story bit, campaign bit where you'll, I don't know, still doing the same basic matching different, different elements to get a result, but it's kind of got a little bit of a background story going on with it. I don't know. It's probably about an hour and a half to complete and it's a pretty fun game. It's pretty cheap. So with a guide, anyway, I don't know how long it would take without a guide because you just be randomly matching elements that kept saying you Yeah, failed. I must admit, after a while with yeah. those Doodle God games, if you're not following a guide, you are just kind of com- trying to combine everything with everything until something happens. Um, so it, you can kind of did, like deduce it yourself if you if you're clever, but there is a temptation to just go, okay, I'm just going to try and match everything with everything until something works. Which... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the as you get as you progress and you get more elements, so you've got like a left and a right hand side of the screen, you know, to pick. And the list goes on for ages and it gets quite hard, you know, to scroll yeah. through it all and find what you want. So, yeah, definitely recommend finding a guide and doing it that way. Or probably a written guide. I don't think a video guide would work for no. that. Because there's nothing to really see. It's just you've got to know the right pairs and try to follow a video in time. It'd probably be a nightmare. All right, that is it for this week. We shall be back next week. We're going to go off and maybe try and find some more deals on Black Friday. We hope you do. And if you find something good let us know we shall be back next week have a great weekend goodbye bye